I grew up in a very rural area growing up and I mean, I can, I can track. I mean, that's something that it, that's, that's the type of outdoors person I am. This, I don't know what this was. Like, I, I've, I've heard everything you can think of. This was nothing I'm ever accustomed to ever. You're listening to River City Mystery Podcast, the show that delves into the Evansville and surrounding tri-state area's mysteries, including unsolved crimes, murders, and disappearances, a show that isn't afraid to jump down the rabbit hole to investigate reports of local hauntings, sightings of UFOs and cryptids, among other paranormal phenomena, with your host, co-founder of the Humans of Evansville Facebook page, law office worker by day, insomniac researcher of the unknown by night, Matt Dyg. Welcome to episode 14. We're going to be talking about a topic that I have found very interesting and have been looking into. It's encounters of Bigfoot or Sasquatch, whichever you prefer, in the southern Indiana area, particularly around the Hoosier National Forest region. According to the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization website at BFRO.net, there have been multiple sightings and encounters of Bigfoot in that region recently. Uh, For instance, in 2018 in Martin County, which is northwest of the Hoosier National Forest, the northwest section, there was an encounter, a visual encounter in 2018. Uh, In 2020 in Washington County along the Knobstone Trail uh, near the Spurgeon Hollow Lake area, a couple had an encounter where they heard loud tree knocks while they were hiking along the, the Knobstone Trail. And I know it's easy to think in southern Indiana that there's there's so many people around that how could there how could such a population of such creatures exist out there? A few years ago, I did a, a two day overnight hike on the Knobstone Trail, and the entire time I was on this trail, I didn't see another human being. So there are areas out in that part of the state that are pretty remote, and who knows what's out there. So after I took that hike, I that kind of changed my mind on how much open space there is in this state and how, how things could possibly be out there that we just don't know about. I had the opportunity to speak with a couple of people I met on Indiana Bigfoot Research Organization's Facebook page recently. In June of 2022, Angela had an encounter while driving on Interstate 64 eastbound from Evansville to Louisville, and this is her story. I was um, heading out to uh, Cincinnati from Evansville, so I was going down what eastbound on the 64 through the Hoosier National Forest. There's a place on the map, if you Google it, called Turkey Run or Turkey Something, mm-hmm. um, and it was right there because there's a very specific curve in the road, and there's a bunch of trees between the eastbound lanes and the westbound lanes. And I was going around that turn. And so you see how, you know, the whatever's just beyond the line of sight just kind of keeps rolling around that curve as you're going. And I see something really big and really black. And the sun was coming up. So, I mean, there was enough daylight to where um, if you looked at the darkest part of the trees, they're still green. You know what I'm saying? So even in the deepest shadows of the trees, they weren't black. They were green. So whatever this thing was really stood out because it was so big and it was on the wrong side of the road because it was in the middle 
in the median between, you know, the two sections of road. So normally a sign or something like that would be on, on the right side of the road. So this thing is huge. It's black. It's solid. And I'm looking at it and I'm, you know, I'm driving along. So I'm getting closer to it by the second. And I've got, I mean, it's right in front of me. And it's, it's like at least eight feet tall because I mean, your, your average like stop sign or something, you know, road sign. Right. I mean, how tall are those? Eight, 10 feet? Exactly. Yeah. About that. Yeah, something like that. So, and it was just solid. It was, and it was all the way to the ground. So it wasn't something that was, you know, it just didn't make sense. And I'm, I just literally, and I'm knowing what I'm looking at because it's, it's shaped like a body and there's a head and there's shoulders and there's a back and a rump and a leg and it's all there. So it was amazing. And it's, it was just standing there. It was almost like it, it had to have known I was coming because there was no traffic. And that was what I was wondering. Did it, do you think it saw you? Oh, definitely. It had to have heard me coming. I mean, it just, you know, it, it just, it was like, it was just waiting, it was just waiting for me to see it. And then, you know, once I was like right up on it, it took like one step into the trees and it was gone. So you did see it actually move. So it wasn't definitely oh, yeah. wasn't a sign or some sort of a, a cardboard cutout or something. You no. saw it like go into the, yeah. to the forest. I saw it step into the trees. And, and so I saw it physically moving because it was there. And then I'm moving. It's moving. I'm, you know, I'm coming around the corner. It's everything's moving at once. So I see the whole thing. And then as I'm coming up on it, it's just like it freezes and, and it just stops and just holds still. And then as I got real close, it just stepped into the trees. So, but the very clearest, you know, sight that I had when I was really close to it was the full back silhouette. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But I could not see the light through the trees in front of it. So it was really thick. You know what I'm saying? So like it didn't have like a a small waist or something because I would have seen the daylight in front of its belly. And I didn't. So it was like really thick. And that's what a lot of the reports of Sasquatch are. You know, it's a a lot of. They they always comment about how thick they are and how wide bodied they are and yeah. I was actually looking at hunting season in Indiana. I'm thinking, well, what if it's what could it have been somebody in a ghillie suit? But they're oh, really, no I mean, it was frog hunting season, so I don't know if there's a lot of ghillie suit <laughs> hunters in June because I think you said it was yeah. in June. Is that right? No, uh, my 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 ex husband is a colonel in the Marine Corps, so I, I know what a ghillie suit looks like. You know. <laughs> Yeah, definitely not that. It was black, not green or beige or anything. It was just as black as black could be. And it was at dawn. It was like, because you know, I left I left home at 5, 5.30 in the morning, something like that. So it was probably, you know, getting to be 6.30. The sun had been, you know, rising. It was pretty, you know, there wasn't broad daylight, but it was getting there. And again, there was no traffic. I, I didn't see a single soul till I got to Louisville. And I want to thank Angela for sharing her encounter. Um, that's amazing. I do have links to the section of Interstate 64 East that she's referring to. That's the Turkey Fork section, which is mile marker 88. So if you go to rivercitymystery.com slash 14, you can see the links to everything I mentioned on the podcast, including the BFRO.net reports I talked about earlier. I also spoke with Bill, who I've talked to from the Indiana Bigfoot Research Organization Facebook page. Between 2017 and 2019, he had three encounters that he told me about. And this is Bill talking about his encounters. So it started off with us hearing, um, I mean, it it sounded like a classical, I mean, howl of a a wolf. But the end was a squeal as if a, a 
just a, a weed. It was really weird. I've never heard anything like it before. I mean, I grew up in Tazewell, very rural area, hunting, fishing, and I'd never heard. I mean, bobcats will sound like a, you know, they'll, they'll fight and say, hey, and you got birds at night that will sound like women, you know, yelling for help. And there, there's a, a lot of things that um, if you don't know exactly what it is, it can freak you out. And we, we would hear this and, um, we heard maybe three or four times and the first time I heard it and the rest of the times, uh, myself and my fiance heard it. So we lived literally on the white river. Um, you could throw a rock off our back porch and you could hit the white river type. I mean, it, it whenever it came up and flooded, we would basically be flooded in. Mm, so right on the river. And when oh, was, yeah. when did this happen? How long ago was this? Uh, 2017. Okay. And it. Uh, it was two days after opening season. And I, I just remember that because of opening season. So, <laughs> um, so I go up to her mother's house, which is maybe 200 yards up the road. And uh, we're up there talking. Get done. And I go to get in the truck. And I turn on the truck. And it lights up the hillside. And it's about a, it's a slight little hill um, that leads into the woods but it's about 20 or 30 yards of nothing but saplings. I um, mean like 12-year-old wrist-type small saplings. No bushes, just small saplings. And when I turn it on, the first thing that catches my eye is what I think is a bush. And it reminds me of a bush that's being blown in the wind. Well, there's no wind that night. And that's what the first thing I was like, my exact words was, what the fuck is this? What's my... So I'm, I'm seeing this and I know there's no, there's no bushes on this, on this hillside. But I'm seeing this bush. So I roll down the window and that's when I start recording because I'm like, what, what is this? You know, is it a bear? Because Crane has, like Crane military base around that area they had within the past i think 15 years they have released a total of seven bear and they've all migrated down within um i would say three or four miles from my house so this is the first thing i'm thinking as well maybe there's a bear here so i i flip on my brights and that's i'm recording this and i wrote on the window and you can hear the dog barking and that's when I realized that it's rocking slightly back and forth. And you can clearly see, it, uh, you, so when someone squats, their legs want to split out. And it gives you this almost like an M-type silhouette, but you have a, a, a big high point in the center. And it looked like a, a maybe they're... A Fu Manchu, which sounds really funny, but like a Fu Manchu beard or a, a big white patch on the chest. And uh, my heart's starting to freeze. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Um, uh, so, and he's just rocking back and forth on the leg. Yeah, side, side to side. And it's ever so slightly. You can see it in the video, but it's ever so slightly. And then I realize whatever it is, is slowly scooting back to where it's getting into the shadows where my headlights are no longer wanting to reach it. And 
at this point, I'm really starting to get concerned. I don't have a pistol or anything with me, so. Right. And what time of the night was this? Oh, this was maybe an hour after dark. Okay. So it was like pretty, pretty dark. Yeah. Cause then, yeah. the first two things I'm thinking is bear or, you know, two days after opening season, mm-hmm. maybe it's a hunter and this, you know, a decked out ghillie suit. I mean, I, I'd been several years in the army. So, but this was, um, the best way I can describe it is if you like a porcupine type long grass but when you, how a grass blade when you move it and you can almost see the ripple effect like you quit moving but the grass blade is still slightly moving that's exactly what i'm seeing it it, it was ever so strange so fiance says well why don't you you know you think it was squatting why don't you go out there and because you can see the, the branches of all these saplings and maybe see how high this is. So I go out there and I, I go out there and measure and it's between five foot, five foot three. Squatting. So, so that, that, that's in like the seven foot range. Right. So that, that rules out a black bear because they don't get, they don't get that high. They, they get maybe five, five and a half, six feet. Um, and then I'm like, well, I'm seven foot hunter in our backyard. And then I'm, I'm thinking, why would, why, if it's a hunter, then why would you just sit there and risk the, you know, the chance of getting shot? Like, it's just, that's not something you do around here. And, and, and that's the thing is people typically don't wear ghillie suits hunting. They normally have orange of some kind. And I, so I, I, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about that one. And I told her about it. So this, that happens without incident. I leave because I don't have the balls to get out to go over there. Because like I said, I'm thinking bear or I'm not trying to get into a scuffle with black. You know, and I mean, you play it out so many ways and it's like, there's only so many ways this ends well, no matter what it is. It's like, it's dark. You don't have a weapon. No matter what that is, it's like, uh, I'm going to stay in my truck. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That would probably be my thought process anyway. Yeah, exactly. There, there's more things that can go wrong than can do all right. So I, uh, I ended up essentially kind of forgetting about it. And it was uh, early to mid-spring 2018. Because there's foliage on the tree. I mean, there's plenty of leaves. And I go up to go squirrel hunting. And this is maybe a mile, two miles up the hillside. And it's a fairly, fairly steep hill. So I get about, I refer to as a, a nursery of trees because it's an area they had logged out maybe 10, 15 years ago. And I'm getting in this area and it's maybe five, six o'clock in the afternoon. It's not getting dark outside, but with the amount of foliage you have on the trees, it's starting to get kind of dark on the inside you know, in the canopy area. So I, I decided I'm going to start heading back. So I'm walking the ridgeline and imagine the ridgeline making a J shape. And from where I'm at to the end of this ridgeline is maybe three, 400 yards. It's a big old giant J. So I hop this barbed wire fence and I hear what, as if you take two big rocks and you just smack them together as hard as you can twice pop pop 
And I, at this point, I did, so I'm squirrel hunting. I got 22. So I hear this and the first thing I think is bear. I'm thinking of a bear snomping its jaws. And so I turn around and I go from my 12 o'clock to my six o'clock. So now I'm facing what made this noise, but it's down below the hillside of this ridgeline. Well, behind me now, which would originally be my 12, but is now my six, I hear pop, pop. About the same. Okay. So there are two of these things. That's what I'm gathering. Okay. And I turn back around and I end up recording this as well, because anything bad starts to happen, the best thing you can, re- even if it's, you run into someone who's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's got a gun. Best thing you can do is start recording. And these are on your these are on your YouTube channel, right? Yeah, I'll put a link to yeah. your YouTube channel down in the show notes. That way, everybody can can check these out. So I'm I'm hearing the sound, and I turn around. And I'm facing my my was originally my twelve o'clock. Hearing the second pops behind me, he does it again. So I'm spinning around again. And now the guy that would have been, that made the initial second pop, that's making the fourth pop now, he's no longer at my six. He would be, as if I'm facing him, he's now at my nine o'clock. So he's moved somehow over, unless there's three. I can't tell you how many there were because it, you could hear him, but you couldn't see them. What do you think they were doing? What, what do, were they corral, trying to corral you to go to a certain direction? Or do you think they were just communicating with each other? Or what do you think was going on? My initial thought was, I'm getting flanked. I mean, that's initially what I'm thinking because this is not very long after I get out of the service. Within like 10 years, immediately I'm thinking, I'm getting flanked, I'm getting flanked. So I, I beat feet down this hillside and I end up wiping out on I hit a tree. Oh, no. I, I wipe out. I lose all my ammo except for one round. And it it felt like forever trying to find my weapon. And it was probably only a few seconds. But my adrenaline's pumping. This sounds like a movie. So, <laughs> this sounds like a horrible part of the movie yeah. where you, you trip at the, at the wrong time and you know, all your yeah. ammunition goes everywhere. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's exactly. And so I'm, I'm, I, I have this one round and I see my weapon. So I grab it, and I'm disoriented at this point, but I see a down tree. So immediately I jump over this down tree, and I lay down in the prone position. I just don't move. And I just try and start control my breathing and just try and compose myself. And by this point, I had turned off my uh, um, cell phone footage before I had wiped out. I'm, it was as soon as I start to head down this hills when I turn it off. So I don't, I don't get any of that. So as I'm starting to compose myself, then I'm like, cell phone, cell phone, cell phone. So I'm trying to find my cell phone. I find it and I start recording again. So I, I build up the courage to get up and I start walking and I kind of get a bearing of where I'm at. And I hear a whistle. Um, so it's, like a red-tailed hawk, the classic, you know, it, it sounded like that, but it was obviously it wasn't a red-tailed hawk. As soon as it happens, all these other birds start just chiming in with it. And so I start panning the hillside, and 
like I think believe we called it like light shading. Um, so whenever, let's say you're on a building and you like you're, it's the worst place to be is standing up on a building. If like you're in Iraq, Afghanistan, you're shooting down at someone because you are leaving a perfect silhouette of yourself against the skyline. So that's what I'm seeing at this point is everything on a ridge line, but I'm seeing the silhouette of them. And I'm seeing what looks like a gorilla. Like, it looks like a gorilla is exactly what it looked like. And it's looking where I should be at. But I wiped out and I got disoriented. So I had moved up behind this tree, which was maybe 20 yards to the left of where I should be at. And you can see, and it's looking where I should be at, but it's grasping a tree. And it's, I don't know if it's trying to hide behind it or what, but it's not, it, you can't hide behind it. This small tree compared to this thing. It's huge. Broad shoulders, no neck, like bodybuilder, Brock Lesnar type, no neck. And, but, but the legs were very proportionate to the body. They wasn't like a gorilla small leg. This was, it, then it looks and it realizes where I'm at and it, turns it so it goes from the right side of the tree to the left side of the tree and it changes its posture too to where it's the same posture but it's the opposite way looking on the tree and that's when it stands up completely and steps out from behind the tree which it wasn't really hiding because it was three times the width of the tree and i'm like fuck this and I take off running. I'm, I'm beating feet. And I think I give some sort of smart ass comment. If you don't see this shit, I'm finding Bigfoot. <laughs> so that, that goes down. And I'm, I tell Audrey about it. Mm -hmm. And she's laughing. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, why? She goes, really? You're really going to make up a story like this to t tell me? Seriously, I thought we were grown-ups around here. And I'm getting pissed off. I was like, I got it recorded. And she goes, uh-huh, I bet you do. I was like, oh, no, no, we're doing this. So I, I play it out for her, and we get done watching it. And she looks at me, and she goes, what the fuck was that? Mm. I go, exactly. That's what I'm telling you. So it's, she gets, yeah, so COVID hits, and... I, I don't go up in those woods anymore. I refuse after that. I refuse to go up there. I don't care if I'm with someone else and we have guns. I'm not going up there. I, and I can't say that I blame you after that. Like I'm, I'm not going up there. Yeah. So at, like I, I, I'd reported to BFRO. Okay. They had so contacted you're... me within uh, a couple weeks. Okay. So I, I had reported it to them and my exact words to them is, you know, I can't sit here and say it was a Bigfoot because I don't know what a Bigfoot looks like. I've never seen one, but I can tell you what it wasn't. I know it wasn't a bear. I know it wasn't a deer. I know it wasn't a person. No person's that damn stupid, especially when I have a gun. Like, you don't, you're begging to get fucking shot. And... Like, I can tell you what it wasn't, and I can tell you what it kind of looked like, but I can't tell you what it was. 
Did you get a look a good look at its face? Like you said, it looked like a gorilla. Did you see its eyes or any facial features no. or anything like that? But you saw kind nope. of like the silhouette of what looked like a gorilla. Yep. There was too much lighting behind it mm. to give a good facial definition. But a gorilla silhouette looks much different than a human silhouette. So you can at least tell that. Oh, yeah. So it's, you know. The po- it was the posture, too. The posture is, like, right. it was spot on until it stood up. And then the, it didn't have that posture. It had straight human posture. I Like I said, I can't tell you what it was, but I can tell you what it wasn't. Did you feel threatened by it? Like, did it give off oh, any vibes yeah. of, what was it aggressive in any way that like, did it, do you think it was chasing you or something like that as you were taken off or just observing you or what, what do you think its intentions were? It felt like once I got to a certain point, it was, I'm done with you, but I'm going to watch and make sure you don't come back. Hmm. That's the vibe I got. Kind of a territorial thing, like you're in my territory. Yeah. 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 Uh, it, that's basically, yeah, that'll be spot on. It, it was, um, and I'm not going to lie, before all this, I would, if someone told me they saw Bigfoot, I would say, uh, <laughs> yeah, I bet you did. Because it's, it's not something that, it's not, I, I'm, I deal with, um, odds percentages and I've got to see it to believe it. Like, um. I just, I I have to see it to believe it. Believe none you hear and half you see. Right. And I would love to see one. I've never experienced that, but I, I tend to believe that people generally don't make up stuff. Like what do you have to gain by making up stories and all these thousands of other people that have said they've seen something. And it's like, are as everyone just lie, either everyone's lying or there's something there. The only thing I've gained out of this is ridicule. Mm-hmm. Like there's no, you know, money's not pouring in and you're not going to be like, oh, wow, there's the guy that's all big. You know, it's like you've got nothing to gain. You just risk, you know, looking like a fool, but people still come. So I think there's a lot more people for that reason. I think a lot more people have experiences. They just don't come forward. So it's like you make you wonder how many other people have seen something and they just keep it to themselves. Yeah. So the, the very last time is maybe four miles from where this happened and it's still on the white river, but it's, um, it's called flat rock. Okay. It's, it's, uh, areas and shoals. We, uh, decide we're going to go star watching and she's pregnant with the twins and we take our, um, 15 year old, which she was maybe 13, 14. I don't remember. <laughs> I'm trying to think, trying to do the math in my head right now, but I can't, but, um, we get out there and, and when was this, by the way, this third, and this was, this would be in April, May of 2019. Okay. So we get out to flat rock and the first thing we noticed was, um, two sheriffs that were bumper to bumper and they're off to the side road and which is the turnoff to, uh, they would have been off to the right and the turnoff to Flat Rock would be to the left. So we turned off to Flat Rock and then they drove by. Then the state cop drove by. Then DNR drove by. Two other cops drove by. So all these cops driving by and uh, I look at Audrey and I'm like, you know, somebody's getting raided tonight. Mm-hmm. 
And it wasn't, but maybe 15, 20 minutes, they all come back by. And it was peculiar because the last cop had pulled in to come talk to us, which normally they don't, they don't come talk to no one. Mm -hmm. They just kind of leave you alone. Right. And we kind of shoot the shit with him for a little bit. And he goes on his way. And before all this was happening, you had all the, the crickets. I mean, the whippoorwills, night, night owls. I mean, everything that's come to life at night. And which this, that's one thing I can remember was the sound after the cop leaves, we start shining the light back into the sky and we're pointing out constellations. And it's as soon as he leaves, I look at Audrey and I go, where'd everything go? And she goes, what do you mean? I go, listen. And the only thing you can hear is the waterfall from the flat rock uh, waterfalls by there. Everything else has went completely dead quiet, which was really eerie. And if you ever heard a sound so loud, like at a rock concert, your ears distort it mm -hmm. or it's staticky. Right. Just that. <laughs> All of us ducked down. The dog yipes. Oh, we had our little beagle with us too. The dog yipes. Um, Tinsley is, which is my fifth year old now, she is hysterical. And I'm like, be quiet, be quiet. And they're like, what? I was like, listen, listen, listen. And something started to come down the hillside. I can't tell you it was two-legged or four-legged. I can't tell you that. But I can tell you it had significant weight to it. Okay. And the thing that creeped me out was every time it would step on a branch, it would stop walking. And you could literally count 15. And then it would start walking again. And it happened four times as it came down this big old hillside. And Audrey this whole time is yelling at me, get in the goddamn car, get in the car. And I'm like, no, I want to see what this is. She goes, you know exactly what it is. Get in the goddamn car. And I'm like, no. Well, she's done pissed off at this point. Mm -hmm. She's ready to leave, which in all fairness, we should have left just in case it would have been a bear. You never know. But the sound that, ah, ah, ah. People told me that it could have sound. It could have been a crow nesting because of the sound. I've heard crows nest, and I've heard the calls they make, and it was not that by any means. This sounded like a damn chimpanzee getting the shit beat out of it. That's ex like a, a fight in a zoo. That's exactly what it sounded like, like a fight in a zoo, and that's exactly what Audrey has said as well. And Tinsley. She goes, I've never seen monkeys fight in a zoo before, but I tell you what, I bet you it sounds like that. Mm. Wow. <laughs> and you said you, and you said there was a lot of weight to it. So it's not like a, a, a yes. birds wouldn't probably have that same weight. So if you're in the woods long enough, whenever you're walking and you can hear pops of different branches, you can get a pretty good idea of the density of how thick something is by the pop it makes. So, and these were not branches that were, these were significant size pops. Like something was stepping on big, I don't want to say logs. Right. Because that, that sounds way too big, but big, thick branches. Yeah, not twigs, you know. Yes, yeah. by any, these were not twigs. These were not snaps. 
these were very loud. And I do, I, I understand at nighttime things are amplified because of, you know, everything else is kind of dead and quiet. But this was, I've, I've spent a lot of time in the woods. Like I can, I, I, when I say deer hunt, I don't mean getting a tree stand. Like that, that's cheating. That's not the same as deer waiting. I, I qualify deer hunting as you literally find a buck and you track that son of a bitch. Mm -hmm. It's, it's. It's, it takes the fun out of it because there's no danger sitting in a tree. There's danger if you're trying to track a buck and he's in rut. I mean, that thing can kill you. That, that's the joy I get out of it. So you're no stranger to this whole, you know, the woods and how, what things sound no. like and that sort of thing. No. So that, that's important. Well, I, like I said, I grew up in a very rural area growing up. And I mean, I can, I can track. I mean, that's something that, it, that's, that's the type of outdoors person I am. This, I don't know what this was. Like, I, I've, I've heard everything you can think of. This was nothing I'm ever accustomed to, ever. And you didn't see, this is one you just heard. You didn't see this yeah. one at all. Okay. This, yeah. And the, the, the strangest thing about it was, and I could, I'll just imagine that something like a, it had to be heavy. Like that's it, it. It had to be heavy. Were there other people anywhere near? Like, was this pr pretty remote where there wouldn't be other oh, yeah. people roaming around or anything like that? No, no, no houses nearby this is, or anything. No, this is uh, well, it's that's I want to say it's federal land too. I'm, I want to say because that's yeah, because I want to say it's a, I don't know if it's a state park or not. I'm not really for sure. Honestly, I just know there's a, because it used to be a, um, like, it might be like a historical site, because it used to be like a button factory back in the 1900s. Okay. Something, something like that. But yeah, it's pretty rural. That, that's the thing is, like, I've heard people walk in the woods, and they can't make pops like this. Like, this had to be something heavy. Right. Like, I'm talking it, more than three, four hundred pounds. Like, it had to be heavy. Hmm. It makes you wonder. I mean, because it wasn't that far from your second experience uh when yeah. you were squirrel hunting so it's kind of like i wonder if there's a family of these things or you know if they're that's their their territory and how far away is your was your first experience from the second two because i mean you said that the second two are pretty close is oh um were they, uh, maybe a so i mean it's all pretty close here yeah yeah absolutely and it's all on one side of a mm -hmm. river too it all happened on one side of the right white river well, what do you think Sas I mean, obviously you've never nobody knows, but what do you think Sasquatch is? Do you think it's like a an actual animal that's just like not been discovered? Or do you think it's like some sort of paranormal creature that comes and goes as it pleases? Cause I mean it's kinda like Well, that's that, that's the thing. Paranormal like ghosts don't leave footprints. As far as a supernatural, I mean there there's certain like ghosts don't leave footprints. They don't do stuff like this. Whatever it is, is a, is it physical body of some kind but it's i mean it would, i don't think it's no ape human I, if anything it's just a species that we just don't know yet about i mean that's the uh, that's the only thing i can come up with i mean unless i mean it's kind of like a there was a, a doctor from idaho state as a professor uh I can't remember his name, but like he said that we can go with the theory that it's 
someone dressing up in an ape costume trying to scare someone. And he said, we can go with that theory, but that means that you're saying for the past <laughs> 900 years, someone has dressed up in an ape costume and scared natives. All over the world, right. Yeah, because this is not just something that popped up in the, you know, the 60s and 70s. It's been for hundreds yeah. of years. Well, that's something yeah. else you have to ask yourself is every, almost every continent has a great ape of some kind. There's new species being discovered every day. But who are, I mean, who are we to say that this individual can't see in the light spectrum of infrared? I mean, even dogs can see infrared lasers. So it's not hard to say that you use camera traps that use infrared sensors. So you have all these laser lights that are pointing out everywhere. I mean, if something can see an infrared, it's a pretty good assumption. It's not going to go right. near that. And that would make sense. So, yeah, that's something that we need to take into consideration too when using camera traps. That if it is using an infrared sensor and you're not capturing said something on it, it there's a lot of what ifs. But I mean, it, at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, I, I I'm a believer at this point. I mean, absolutely. There's something. I, what it is, I don't know, but the phenomenon is real. That's that's the only thing that I know is is that it is real. I just don't know what it is. I want to thank Bill and Angela for both having the courage to come forward and share their encounters with us. If you'd like to check out Bill's footage you talked about, I do have the link to his YouTube channel in the show notes, which you can find at rivercitymystery.com slash 14. And if you've had an encounter that you'd like to talk about, I'd love to hear your story. You can reach out to me at matt at rivercitymystery.com, or you can join my Discord at rivercitymystery.com slash Discord. Thanks for joining me, and until next time, take care. <laughs>